With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Boom, Two Plunker Podcast. We've got Mac Forehand. Mac, thank you for being here, dude. Yeah, of course. It's good to be back. I've uh, wanted to do another podcast since my first one, so yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, we had you March 2022, and uh, after this season, I was like, I got to check in with you, because you did so much. You were literally like moving nonstop. You're winning a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah so- no, it was, a, it was a hectic, hectic year. Uh, we were like filming and competing and yeah, all that stuff. Right now, I'm back in Park City, and it's like, good to be back here, just like have some time off, just stay in the gym and yeah just get fit for the summer and yeah we're gonna have some summer skiing here pretty soon going to whistler in a couple days and then go to new zealand again do the usual thing so yeah i'm pretty stoked for the summer dude right before this shout out to my intern katie collins she did a little research on you told me what you're up to this season but i went ahead and looked at your instagram dude i was like oh i'll just go and see what he's been up to this season every month it was something like a new place doing something huge so like just looking back on your season, like what are your just like first impressions on the season? Like what, how are you feeling about the past, you know, eight months or whatever it was? Yeah, it was a crazy one. Probably the, maybe the most skiing I've ever done in, in any season. I just like nonstop was doing something or going new, somewhere, somewhere new and filming or yeah, competing, like I said before. And no, it has been crazy. And the beginning of the season kind of just started and and all like by the time I knew it, it was already like the end of the year, and we were just like skiing for fun and slush and PC, and yeah, it was such a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. And how, and how old are you now? I'm 21. I turned 22 in August. Okay, so this is like one of the first seasons that you've really had, like where there's no COVID precautions and all that crap. Because like the first like yeah. two years of your career was all COVID bullshit. Yeah, the first like two like big years after I blew my knee, I was like, just we were super strict on COVID protocol. So like now we can kind of just do what we want. And like, I can go travel someplace, not with like the US ski team or with like a crew of like a film crew, whatever, and like go film there. And it's been so nice not having to deal with that anymore. It was pretty stressful that that first couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we won't spend any more time talking about COVID because everyone is so sick of it. But so, <laughs> so we'll move on but you said so this is your second year in a row at least doing the momentum camp and then and then in new zealand for the early season correct yeah yeah so it'll be momentum for two weeks with the team and then me and Cody are gonna do some coaching up there and then yeah going to new zealand again for i think a little longer this year we went for three weeks last year i think we're gonna go for a month in september to october yeah dude it feels like it was like yeah. years ago that it was last fall but so that was the jossie wells invitational last fall is that what you were out there for yeah, JWI, and then we just like we're skiing there because the park is so good. That shout out to that Cardona crew, they kill it. It's like the best park ever. And the weather's usually pretty good there, like not too bad. And yeah, big jump for JWI is there too. So it's it's sick. It's kind of like the best setup that time of year anywhere in the world. Yeah. So we'll kind of we'll bounce around a little bit, but 
you get invited to a lot of invitationals, dude. Like a lot of them. So like, are they yeah, all? No, it's not, well, it wasn't that long ago where I was like super young and like was like, oh, I want to go to all these events. Like this sounds sick. And then you do it and you're like, damn, that's a lot of events in a year. Yeah, that, we've gotten invited like four or something this year. But like, how do they all compare? Like, are they all like kind of similar vibes? Because it's a lot of the same people at each of them. But like, is there any that stand out yeah, as like, really different? Yeah, they're all pretty similar, like for the most part, but they're all really fun. It's kind of like the highlight of the year. Uh, when we had the JWI last year, that was my first time doing it. And it was so sick. It's just like all the homies skiing and just like trying to get shots on that jump. And then also like the rail section and you can kind of just do what you want there, which is sick. And they're all kind of just like, you can do what you want to, which is like the dopest part about that. And that's kind of all what we want to do when we're skiing is like, just think about what we want to do and like, not, not think about contests, not have any pressure, just like have fun with your friends and yeah, ski around. So that was, that was fun as well. Yeah. Do you have a favorite of all and the we ones were, you got invited to? Honestly, the JWI, or not JWI, um, the Jesper Invitational, the Unrealistic Invitational in Sweden this year was insane. Like one of the coolest things I've ever done. And Sweden is such a good time and everyone out there knows how to like party and have a good time. So we were out a bit and yeah, it, it was sick. It was yeah. so fun. And like the whole setup that he, I'm sure you saw some as well from the rails and that big rainbow rail they had in the middle of the park. Like, it was unreal and then we got some days to like ski the ore park park after and just like had a good ass time and it, yeah it was sick yeah i mean so that was in april and like i said we'll just bounce around because going and going in order it's just gonna it'll be kind of yeah. Dragging on. Yeah. but yeah tell us about that like who invited you like was it jesper and like just tell us a little bit about like that event because it looked awesome you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no, so actually, I didn't think I was going to be able to go at first because I was doing Bobby Brown's event in Winter Park, the um, Rebel Cascade. So we yeah. were out there doing that. And then I just last kind of minute decided that I wanted that I wanted to go. And I got invited earlier in the year and reached out like last second and got got a spot in. And then fortunately, Cody got a spot in as well. So me, Cody, A-Hall and then Colby all got to travel and Hunter as well. All got to travel together to Sweden. We all stayed together in like the same in one house for the whole time there. Um, but yeah, Jesper, shout out to Jesper for putting that on. It was sick. It felt like an, an old event that he used to do back in the day, like with pretty big features and they're all like hard features. Like nothing was easy in that park besides like the uprail maybe, which was still pretty sketchy and like gnarly. Um, but yeah, it was sick. He did a really good job organizing that event. Yeah. Does this get the wheels turning in your mind? Like, all right, maybe I want to have my own event one day. Like, do you think that at this point? I want to. I want to so badly. I don't really know where I'd want to do it, but I think I need to wait a bit and just kind of like ski. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like go to all these events and then maybe go do it at some point. But I would love to do it back home in the East Coast. Like maybe Stratton or Mount Snow would ever do it. Like maybe if you listen to this, I want yeah. to do an invitational there. So that'd be, that'd be sick to go and, and do. But, um, it just seems like a lot of work too. Like they, those guys put in so much effort to all those invitationals. Like they're not stop working all day long. Like, and just like trying to get everything dialed and stuff. So no, shout out to those guys too. Yeah. I was going to say, if you do one, you know, later in your career, it's gotta be on the East coast, dude. You gotta go back to the roots. Stratton possibly would be sick. Cause that's like, OG, OG. Like that's why I grow skiing. So yeah, you don't have to uh, do that. Dude, that'd be so tight. Uh, so let's see what else. Where would you want to see one in the East Coast? What was that? Where would you want to see one in the East Coast, like at any mountain? Where would I want to see one? Dude, honestly, 
you you like knew the time that we were growing up growing up and even though i'm a little bit older than you i just have such a fond place in my heart for corinthia dude like when i think of like an event on the oh, east coast it's like you got to do it at corinthia yeah i know that that'd be kind of the dream that place is so sick dude it's so yeah, sick. I, we went back we were back there this year actually i brought dicky there and we got to ski a bunch at corinthia at like springtime and it was so sick like yeah. it was so fun really really small park but like really soft and hot and like we had such a good time for like two days skiing there yeah dude i just can't believe honestly just looking at your list of stuff you did you put so many damn miles on airplanes it's crazy like you guys yeah. are what was uh oh, i don't even know where to begin dude it's just like i'm looking at this it's like new zealand then utah then Dubai, and then copper and then like you're home <laughs> in, like on the east coast and then you're at x game yeah like, does it get exhausting? Uh, we, 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 like, how do you say fresh? Sure, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just love it so much. Like, obviously, there's times where you're like pretty over the flying and and whatnot, but then you get some time at home to like film or stay in some place for a while, and you want to go right back into it. And like, I honestly, I get tired at the end of the season, but in the middle of the year, I'm all all for it. Just keep keep going and keep skiing. Because if I go back to Park City where I'm based right now, I just go and ski that public park, which is stu- super fun. But I like to stay busy and just like have something next on the schedule kind of, yeah. which yeah. is, which, yeah, it's definitely tough for sure. And I'm over flying right now. Uh, I'm actually driving the whistle with Cody just because <laughs> like, we do not want to get, we've been going everywhere together. So might as well just drive there. Dude, I feel you this fall, this fall, I was on a plane every single week for 16 weeks in a row. And now I'm like, I don't even care how far it is. Like, I just want to dri- like, I want to be able to pull over if I am sick of moving, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. It's super nice to have the car because you can just stop wherever you want to. Yeah, and you can kind of like go touristy too on it. Like we were in, I I went to Montana like a couple weeks ago, and we were driving through Yellowstone on the way back, and it was so sick. Like kind of being a tourist and like looking at all that, all that cool area of the, of the country. I've really been over there before, so that was pretty sick to be a tourist a bit. Yeah, dude, just stop like it's so funny like on a plane you're like oh the amount of time sucks but it's like dude on a road trip it's like all right maybe we'll spend an like a whole extra day driving so we could like drive through yellowstone or some some crazy shit like that <laughs> yeah no i would say for sure yeah so i just i i'm just trying to hit it from every angle just because i'm just wondering what people are wondering like who organizes all this travel for you like are you doing any of the heavy lifting or does like the ski team take care of it your sponsors like Who's helping you get from point A to point B? Um, so mostly when we're traveling to like contests, it's with the US team. Like they help out a bunch and like luckily I've gotten a lot of funding over the past couple of years from donors and whatnot. And they they help out so much with us and like ha- who's paying for all this stuff, which is which is really sick. And I'm gr- really grateful for that. But the organizing part, sometimes like you can book a flight and then you book it through like a through like a booking agent and then they'll expense it through the, the team. That's like the easiest way to do it for us. Um, but when you're on a film project, it's kind of all on you. Um, I, I guess when we're going to Japan, Faction helped me out a bunch with that. But like when you're there, you're with Faction and like staying with all those guys. And yeah, it's just like, you kind of just got to be on top of it. It's more like knowing your schedule and knowing where you're going to be for the most part. Like that sets you up to like try to find a, try to find another place to go or like book another place to be. But uh, it definitely helps out when you're in the U.S. because you can just kind of it's everything's kind of close together, like relatively. So I can just drive places, which is sick. Like we were filming in um, in Utah and Wyoming this year and we were just like driving, which was sick. 
and I have my car and it's not that far from Utah. So yeah, it, it was really nice. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about the filming a little bit because so I'm trying to make sure all my timelines are correct. So last time you were on March, 2020, you're like, I want to film more street. And then last yeah. year, like throughout the season, faction was filming all those different video parts. I distinctly remember the Mount hood one dropping like in the fall, I think. Um, so what was different this year for filming? Are you guys still all filming together? Or are you filming something like just for yourself? Like how's give us the lowdown on that. Yeah. So, uh, last, I mean, I've been filming with faction for this whole past season and like the past couple of years, like I've been in two other movies prior to this, but it's always been like, like the last film I did, it was just like two segments and it was like kind of just jump segments. And then the year before that was also just like a big air segment. And I was like, so stoked to be in that movie and they did super well. So like that, that was really cool. And I wanted a more transition into like backcountry and street. And that's what I'm kind of trying to do now, I think for the next couple of years and just kind of stick on that vibe. But I got a snowmobile at the end of last season. So I kind of set up for this year to like get in the backcountry a bit and like just build some jumps with my friends out there. And I ended up going on a trip kind of last minute to Wyoming. I was in Georgia and for world champs in Bacaran or Bacariana was the resort. And I didn't really feel like I wanted to do big air that much. And I was like, the weather was really bad there the whole time. And I knew I could miss out on a pretty cool opportunity. So I booked a flight home from Georgia. <clears throat> it's like 34 hours of traveling to get home, got back, packed my car, my sled, and then drove out uh, to Logan in, in Utah and filmed for a couple of days there. And then we were out in Wyoming a bit too, just, just filming. And it was, it was sick, such an eye opening experience to just like be out in the mountains and build jumps and be that, be with that crew. And like all those guys I was with, they were so like inspiring to just be around, like, and just like build jumps with them. It was so, so sick. And then, yeah, before that we were in Japan, uh, filming some street with faction as well for the movie. So we got to, uh, we got two and a half weeks in Japan and got a bunch of clips with, uh, yeah, me, Alex, auntie, and then this kid Koga, um, who's also on faction and yeah, it was sick. Just like such a different change of pace from what I'm used to. Like I'm used to like just bouncing from contest to contest and like doing that kind of thing and then being home and just like skiing when I'm home. But now when I'm home, I can just go on a film project and that's really fun. Honestly, like, I, I really enjoyed it this year. Yeah. Dude, I definitely want to talk about both those. Let's focus on the backcountry for a second because yeah. I feel like Japan is going to be longer just because that's what I'm more interested in. But yeah, yeah, the backcountry, yeah. I yeah. feel like backcountry is actually like a harder thing to break into than street just because there's so many yeah. more moving parts. So like was there anyone you were leaning on, like turning to for advice or like were you with a crew that already knew what they were doing? Yeah, so I was with – it was me and then Etienne, the filmer, um, and then – Blake Wilson, Duncan Adams, and Tim McChesney. And you know, those three guys have been in the backcountry for a long time and they all know what they're doing, especially like Duncan. Like I grew up watching Duncan and, and like level one films and Tim as well, but Tim and more the street, three parts of level one films. But yeah, Duncan was sick to ski with. And like, they all know what they're talking about. Like if something's unsafe, because like you gotta be super wary of avalanches out there. It's like a huge problem with people not knowing what, what's up and what, what to do. So having like those guys to like kind of lean on and trust uh, what, what zones to ski and what not to ski was sick. And I've had a little bit of uh Abby training as well, like a, like a year ago and I need to do it again and just like up my knowledge on that. Cause that's super important in the backcountry. Um, But yeah, like just when it comes to like skiing lines, I don't really know anything. Like I don't ski lines ever like big lines. And then we like got out there and I was like asking them so many questions, like 
what do I ski? Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm just looking at, at like a face kind of. So that was pretty hard to figure out. I, I definitely want more time to do that, like ski lines, because I like was definitely struggling a bit on that part of it. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. I mean, at, at this point in comps, you're pretty dialed. And obviously you're learning new tricks, but like, does it feel weird feeling like a beginner at something again, where you're like, I literally have no clue, like what sure. I'm doing right now? Oh yeah, for sure. I had some like, like jumping, like, I don't know. I've been so comfortable on park jumps <clears throat> for like my whole life, pretty much. And when I started skiing park and then you go on a backcountry jump and like, I'm pretty comfortable, like going off the takeoff. But when it comes to landing, like I, I punched running so many times and exploded so much. Like I have some videos from like earlier this year of me just like tomahawking, like getting so bodied. So there's definitely like a learning curve for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the key for like those landings? Did you just have to like, what, what, what's the advice that you got that kind of made it click for you? Honestly, you got to just like hit it a couple of times to like feel what the snow is kind of like, usually like you do a run before that to test the snow out, but like feel out the snow and feel out like how steep the landing is but like you gotta just kind of lean land back seat like and just like land back seat but land strong so it doesn't look like you're back slapping because that's super easy to do too yeah it's like you're not in the park you're not trying to land back seat or you're gonna hurt yourself so it's like you have to in on a big mountain jump kind of yeah that's sick but i guess if it's like super soft snow sometimes you can just like land bolts and like stomp it and like get an insane shot and in, in your fit like it's an insane shot at the end of the the uh trick and it's sick but it, it's just like all about landing backseat honestly for me yeah dude i love this everyone's like so well-rounded now like and so we can talk about the street yeah. like what, what was it like filming street in japan dude that is i saw some clip of a yeah. i forget where i saw the clip but it's him trying to talk to a cop or something like begging for another hit yeah yeah I actually got a little hurt or body this year in the street in Japan. I like, you'll guess you'll see in the movie, but I dislocated my shoulder and it was out for like five minutes, but came back, got it back in. It was the first time I did it. And, um, I had to take like three, four days off and it was just, I was hurting the whole, the rest of the trip, but I kind of just dealt with it and kept skiing. Cause I couldn't not like, it was so sick skiing some of those spots there, but yeah, a got that started talking to that cop and all the people in Japan are super kind. Even the police, like, so when he was like kicking him out, he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't want to do this, but like, you have to go like and trying to say that at least and, like, he didn't want to kick him out, but he kind of had to, that was his job. And a hall with him and being friendly. And then he went to like, go dap him up and the guy didn't see him. And he just kind of like hit him on the shoulder. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Kind of a, a rogue move though, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, that's I don't know what that guy's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, had, had you been to Japan before? No, it's my first time there. It was, that wow. was sick. I wanted to check it out for a long time. Yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful country. People there are super nice. Did you guys have like a local contact or someone showing you the ropes? Or was it like, were there any other rookies to Japan out there? Just like, yeah. no clue what to well, expect. No, so me and Alex, it was our first time in Japan, but Ahal had done plenty of street trips. So, he, like, kind of, I mean, I had skied three a little bit before too. We went to Denver last year and skied some, but kind of just for fun. Um, but yeah, like, we had this one homie, this kid on faction, uh, his name's Koga, Koga Hoshino. You might've heard of him before, but he dropped an insane street part, like street and back country part, like maybe two years ago. And like, that kind of got his like <clears throat> name out there a bit. And I'd never met him before. And, and I went out to Japan and we linked with him and 
he was so sick and he's so good at skiing and so gnarly. Like he hit some gnarly spots and I was like, no way I would ever do that. Like, and he just, he always drops like crazy, crazy clips. I know he's coming out with the street part and I think at the end of this year, or maybe like in the fall coming into this year. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he kills it. And it was sick to have him there. Cause he was like, he didn't speak English that well, but he was kind of our translator. So like he helped us out a lot. Uh, none of us spoke Japanese except for this other homie that was there with us who like kind of was like the main translator. He like spoke full English and full Japanese. So like, that was super nice to have him. But then he left after like the first or towards the end of the trip. So then we just had Koga and it was like a little hard to translate some stuff, but it was sick. And yeah, he's a homie for sure. And the kid sends, he's crazy. Yeah. What was the, uh, what was the day to day like on that trip? Like, were you guys in full grind mode? Like, or were you like, all right, yeah, we're going to party a little bit. Yeah, no, we didn't party at all. It was like no partying, actually. We just went to Japan. We woke up in the morning, went to the gas station, got our food for the day. And the gas stations there are crazy. Like the, the food items you can get at a gas station are insane. So we'd like every day we'd like get a bunch of new items and like a little basket. And that was our food for the day. Then we'd go to a spot, hit that, usually take a couple hours and then maybe go hit another spot and then go get dinner somewhere at some super good restaurant and go home and go to bed, do it again the next day. Damn, dude. So it was kind of you're on it there for sure. But uh I I think towards the end, I, I mean I, I missed like three days or four days because of my shoulder, which kind of sucks. Like I wish I could have gotten more shots because I definitely think I could have, but it was still like I, I, I still had a good good time and it was sick to like just be out there. We got to ski some pow too, which was sick. Yeah, it snowed like a little bit in the valley we were at. So we went night skiing at this resort and it was super fun. Like no one skis like off the mountain there. So we were just like getting fresh lines. It was crazy. That's so sick, dude. That is so yeah, sick. No, was best food I've ever had, honestly, in any country. Japan takes it, I think. Yeah. Dude, this that's funny that you say that because I was actually going to ask. So you travel around with like your team all the time and all these guys. Is there anyone that like travels really poorly and like doesn't like to eat foreign food and just gets like super jet lagged? Is, that, is there anybody that's bad at traveling? You... No, I mean, not bad at traveling. We all got to get really jet lagged or like, but if, if you ask like anyone on the team who would like not eat the food the most, it's probably me, <laughs> but I tr I'm like trying to branch out a bunch and like Japan, I did a bunch for myself and I ate a bunch of weird food and it was all good. Like I was scared of the food there, but it was all super good. <laughs> they had me eating like cow tongue at one point. It was super good. And then like we had some raw squid that was all like, it was so like slimy and chewy and just weird, but it was actually decent as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, if any, if anyone's like the pickiest, it'd probably be me, but that actually be a, a fun thing to do. Like with the whole team, like little hot takes there. Yeah. <laughs> that actually would be <laughs> fun. I'd like to see what you guys, you guys spend so much time together. I'd like to see what you all secretly think of uh, each other. <laughs> yeah. um but uh now we get i actually spend the most time with cody because i let we live together but like it's right now we're all having time away from each other right now which is probably good <laughs> yeah that probably is good so this faction video so last year was like the alta one and the mount hood one i forget where the last one was so is it all is gonna be split up again or is it all gonna be like one longer movie this year oh, so it's gonna be one movie they did oh. so they do a movie every two years and this is their fourth movie coming up so they're gonna um yeah make another movie this year and i'll be in like the 
sled segment and then the urban segment and then we did a park shoot as well um but i was only at the park shoot for like two days i was in and out which kind of sucked but i think the guys got a bunch of shots so that'll be sick to watch as well dude i i really like this season it seems like the park shoot is coming back like i always say that like that's like a relic from the like the magazine days but it, dude it seems yeah. like red bull has you guys hitting like an 80 to 100 foot jump like every month or something <laughs> yeah that jump was that jump was really big it was sick the one in mammoth that we were just at yeah uh he's like one of the best park builders in the world and he builds like such good jumps and they build this 80 foot jump that was just like perfect maybe the best jump i've ever hit it was so good but i was about the park shoot stuff like i'm trying to get i want to do that again like have like crazy park shoots with like big features and like big gaps and like I don't know. That's just such like a nostalgic thing for me. Like watching like the Grand Bazaar back in the day, that Keystone segment is like psychotic. Like I always watch that segment. Like all the features they built are just so cool looking. And I want, I want to do that again, but I don't know. It's just hard with resorts these days. Not a lot, a lot of resorts aren't as lenient anymore. Yeah. Like what was the driver of that back in the day? I guess the big video productions like level one, like they would obviously, they have an incentive to pay for one of those to be built. But like, like you just feel like it feels like you don't see them that much anymore, right? Yeah, you just really don't. But I think they're. I think we'll start seeing it again. Hopefully, yeah. I think in the next couple of years, a lot of people want that, and it's. I think that they look so cool. They're just like crazy that it's so it's so much budget to build something like that, and then like also the resorts don't like that stuff anymore that much unless it's like a family owned resort or like no one that's gonna get like get sued or something like. Yeah, it's just a bit that with that sense of it, but. No, nah, it'd be cool to see that again. Like Super Park back in the, or I guess Super Park was like the last like big, big park I remember seeing. And that was like five years, six years ago, I think. Maybe 20, maybe 2018. Yeah, dude. So I wanted to ask you about this, dude. It seems like being on Red Bull is like one of the best things that could happen to a skier. Like, do you guys feel like, you know, cause there's a couple competing energy drink brands, but like, it seems like they, they had a lot of events this year. And I, it, I don't know. I just felt like I was seeing Red Bull athletes all the time. So do you feel like like you look at the monster guys and you're like, yeah, like we got we got better shit going on over here. Do you feel like that at all? <laughs> uh, I mean, we don't I don't feel like that. But I, I definitely think Red Bull puts in like a bit more effort into that stuff. We're like they're just like doing all these crazy events. But Monster does that as well. But I think Red Bull like this year, they had made a, they had a ton of events and it was sick. Like every single one. That they put on was really cool to watch and like either watch or be a part of because i watched a bunch as well that were like that i wasn't there and that looked fun that one backcountry event in france looked really cool on that oh. a or i think a hall one or no, tebow one dude i don't even know if tebow i saw it. it was like some backcountry event that was like or like just like jumps and pow landings everywhere and it looked sick hopefully yeah. next year i can do that one as well dude like i was saying this is the first year without covid any like any COVID precautions. So it seems like all these companies and all these mountains have like built up energy. It seems like there was more events and more invitationals and more shoots and everything this year than like yeah. the past three years for sure. I think I think you're right for sure. Like there's definitely a lot more going on this year than in the years past. Cause like was last yeah, last year was the Olympic year. So like a lot of people were worried about that too. And it was still like kind of COVID E in like the middle of the winter there. And so I think be, people were a bit worried about that. So this year, everyone kind of just did what, what they want to. And like, 
no one had any restrictions to travel anymore. So that like opened up a lot of doors for people, which was really cool. Yeah, everyone snapped, dude. So we'll keep seeing it too. For years to come, it'll be just more and more events, probably. Yeah, dude, it's so amazing. And we'll so we'll we can talk more about those later. But I want so during all the filming, because it's crazy. You, you, <laughs> dude, you're so busy. Like you were fil- We're talking about all that filming, and in the middle of all that filming, spliced throughout, like you were competing a lot this year, and yeah. uh, and it's just sick, dude. So you start like the season started off. What was the first big contest? The, was that the Visa Big Air? Was that the first one of the year? Oh, we had a Stubai Slow Style World Cup before that. Um, I unfortunately didn't do too well in there. Honestly, in most of the World Cups this year, I didn't do that well in. But like, I I didn't really. I, I really cared that I wanted to do well. But like, I was so busy with other stuff too that like it wasn't my entire season. It's not like oh, I'm bummed. It's gonna weigh me down forever. It's like oh, that happened. That sucks. Move on to the next thing. You know. Um, but I also like uh yeah so we had stubai world cup in november and then we had the copper big air in december and that was sick that was the first time they built that jump there that i remember that was really cool that they they built that back um it was a bit cold though in december december colorado can get really cold so it was like i think it was like negative 10 the morning we woke up to go compete in finals that was pretty gnarly it was kind of icy as well but yeah that was really sick um after that we had a pretty big break, and then we had X Games was the next event, yeah, and that dude. was sick. You were, there. yeah, dude. You showed up for X Games big, dude. I just hold yeah. we can, we're definitely going to talk about that, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was super sick. Yeah, first sure. uh, yeah. Go what ahead. No, I was going to just say X Games probably was probably the best event this year. <laughs> I don't like anyone that I've been to. Just not even like the the results. Like more like also like just the vibe there this year was sick. Cause there was no COVID. So we, there was like a big athlete tent and like so many people were there and I had never seen it like that before. Cause last year was my first year and it was like pretty empty because of COVID. It was still sick, but like that, not a lot of people there. And this year it was just like insane. The amount of people there for big air watching. That was crazy. Um, slope. It's a little less people cause it's during like, it's like midday. So no one's really up there like watching yet. Call the night. The night events usually are better to watch for the public. And they're just like, there's a lot more going on. Um, but yeah, it was sick. It was super fun. And I was de- yeah, definitely soaked on how I did as well. Like, it was crazy. Definitely a trip for sure. Yeah, dude. So I, I saw you right after the Slope style. So Slope was like the day before Big Air, I think. And I we did like a quick mm-hmm. iPhone interview. But the video actually got fucked up. So all I have was the audio. So I never posted it. But I was like, you got anything big planned? <laughs> and I was like, you got any big, anything big planned for Big Air? And you're like, yeah, but you didn't tell me what it was. You're like, just stay tuned because I'm pulling some crazy shit. <laughs> and then you did. <laughs> tell us about Big Air because Big Air, that was probably the most, like, that was just the most hype Big Air that I have I think I've ever seen in person for sure. So, uh, like, how long did you have all that planned for? Like, what were your thoughts going into X Games? Like, just give us the rundown, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going into slope, not really thinking much. I'll start slope first because that was first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to think, like, I, I love the course when I showed up. It was so sick, like, everything about it, like, the two shark fins. Those were, like, I'd never hit one back-to-back before, so that was sick. Um, and then, like, the rails were pretty fun, too. They're kind of small, but, like, still really fun. Uh, and I found, like, a different line that a lot of people were skiing. So I was really stoked on my skiing slope. And I, I think even if the weather – because we, ha- we got pretty bad weather for slope style. It was 
snowing a lot and really slow. Like everyone was struggling with speed. And like, luckily on my second run, I just like, or maybe my third run, I just like put down not a safety run, but I, there was one trick or two tricks that I wanted to, to up in my, my life, the run that I had planned. So I was a bit disappointed. I couldn't do that, but I landed my run the best I could, especially with the weather too. And it was just happy to put down. Yeah. And then ended up second Colby ended up winning. So that was sick and 33rd. So yeah, those are my good friends. So sick to see them on the podium as well. Um, and then going into big air, I had gotten a medal in slope and I honestly didn't really care. I was like, I'm stoked to win or get second in slope. Like I have no expectations going into big air. I was like, I'm just going to ski and like have a good time. And I had the, I did the 2160 on the airbag once before I was just like skiing it for fun in the fall. And like, it was like, Oh, I'm going to try this like for fun, but I'm probably never going to do it on snow. Like no way. And like, did it kind of, and like, was like, Oh, it maybe would go. But I had a completely different trick that I wanted to do for big air. I, I wanted to try something else and I got to the jump and was like, I don't know if I could do it on this. Like I was just a bit scared to try it. So I was like, oh, I could maybe try this other trick that I've been working towards maybe and never practice it and whatever. And just like did a couple like dub 18s and 19s. and was like, oh, I could probably do it. And then told one of my friends and he was like, oh, you have to do it. Like you can't not do it. I was like, oh fuck, maybe I'll do it, like, whatever. <laughs> and then it, everything was going super well. And it's funny, too, because I pulled up to Big Air for training that, that day of, of the comp and was feeling so sketchy. Like, my my like feet were feeling weird. I don't know if that sounds weird, but, like, in my boots, they felt all, like, weird and slippery. And, like, I was like, I'm going to have a horrible night. Like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to have to chuck right now. Like, my body's telling me not to. Like, maybe I should just pull out. And then I was like, nah, I'm going to just do it, like, and just have a good time and lace like everything first try going into going into the last jump and was like damn i have to do this trick now and tried it first and got it but washed out and then last run laced it and yeah skied away so that was pretty uh pretty crazy night for sure and yeah, it was crazy it kind of went by too like i don't really remember most of it i kind of blacked out for a good part of that yeah dude so you were in were you in third before you before you busted out the 21 last run? Was that like the order? I think I was in second behind Teal, but I had to get a 50 to win. That was the yeah. only way. Yeah. So dude. I just got, yeah, just landed it. So that was sick. Dude, sure. it was, oh my God, it was some out of a movie shit, dude. We were standing right there in the media. Dude, the media corral is a great view. Right in front of the whole crowd, front row seats, right behind the TV camera guy. And, uh, yeah. We were, dude. We were just so happy for you, dude. It was, it was like, it was just a legendary performance, bro. Like last run, bust yeah, out of fifty. It was, uh, it was sick. Yeah, it's funny too. I went up to, I like didn't really think much of it, and then later I went to go watch Halfpipe, and I was with Colby, and he like was all stoked, hugged me, and then like kind of joking, he was like, dude, like that you seriously could have gotten hurt on that trip like that trick is gnarly like i can't believe you did that like it was crazy they were just like laughing about it yeah well dude what were you guys thinking of um who was throwing the quad was it ed joy that was trying to throw the quad during the contest ed joy and and matei i think as well but matei yeah. did a switch 16 that was like pretty wobbly quad i remember so but um yeah ed joy was trying like tr- quad 16 which has never been done before it's like it's like yeah. three cork threes four five which is just crazy that sounds like that was insane eddie kills it the, all that whole crew killed it it was a really good night i think i felt bad um at one point Matei's binding broke during the big air 
and he yelled up. He was like way at the bottom of the, the, the tower and I was way at the top and he yelled up. He was like, yo, like I need your bindings. Like, do you have any extras? And he pulled a pair off my skis and they screwed them on real quick and he, they didn't pop off anymore, which was sick. So I was stoked to give him some bindings, but he was popping out a lot. And I know that kid is so good. And like, it's so fun to ski with that kid. And even the stuff he was throwing, still so like the nose butter 19 he does is crazy. And that switch quad he does is also like beyond me. I don't think I could do that trick. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a teal, dude, teal props to that kid. Cause he doesn't ski all season long. He like, he had, that was his first contest back from like just chilling all summer, I think. And he was like, oh, like I haven't skied in like months and just pulled up and got second. Like, and the stuff he was doing is no one else can do the stuff he does. Like, he's so crazy good at that, like stopping his momentum access he does. And like, he stops spinning pretty much in the air, but continues to flip. It's so crazy. So yeah, mad shout out to Teal as well. Yeah, that was awesome. When you see... When you see those guys doing quads, are you thinking to yourself like, "God damn it! Now I have to learn how to do this." Like, is that how you is that how you view innovation? Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't really see myself doing a quad in like the next, at least in like the next three or four years. I don't even know if I want to do it after that that point. But I think there's so many other tricks to be done in free skiing still, with like different grab variations and grabs you can do and axes. Like, there's so much still that we can do. So, like, why? We don't need to go for four, but people that do it, I don't, I like, I don't, that's insane. Like Kim and Kim Goopser and Matei and like Andre and Fabi and all the guys that are quads, like that is insane. Like I could not imagine doing that. Like dipping into that four flip would be so scary. Yeah, that is, uh, that's insane. And so you said that you like blacked out for a lot of the night. Do you remember? Cause it's just, dude, it's just, it, uh, it's like the most unrelatable experience ever. So if you could explain it, it'd be great. But like being up there and, and like seeing that huge jump, seeing the huge crowd and knowing that you literally only have one chance to pull it off on a trick that you've never like put to snow before. Like, are, are you just so overloaded that like, you're not even thinking anything or are you thinking like, like it, envisioning the trick? Like, what are you thinking when you're up there in that situation? I mean, I don't really, you're kind of just so hyper-focused. It's more like not even to land it to like get the score to do well. It's more just like to land on your feet and ski away and like be okay. Because there's safe, so yeah. much going on. Just be safe about it. Like it's more just like being, I'm just like scared up top, honestly. For, like, in big air mostly. In slope, I'm like just nervous about what's going to happen. But in big air, I'm just like super scared, honestly. Like hopefully I can just like land this and ski away. And then it like usually just works out kind of that way but yeah you kind of just like are hyper focused on everything and then when you ski in the jump i never remember any of that stuff like skiing from the in run into the lip like i have no idea and then like you land and ski up to the crowd and that's when, when everything kicks back in kind of and you like see everyone cheering and it's like i remember like i landed and then turned up the hill and like looked back at the jump and was just like in awe kind of like didn't really like have anything going through my head it was just like kind of like holy shit i can't believe i just skied away from that um, but yeah, it's kind of just, you, you kind of just do blackout a bit in the air. And then in the in run, you kind of just like, like so focused on just getting down to the bottom. Yeah, Dude. So when you finally like snap back into your body pretty much, cause it's just so mental that you're just like gone for a moment. Like when you're at the bottom, who's the first person you're looking for? Or are you like looking at the TV? Like what's the first thing you're looking for when you're finally at the bottom? Um, I mean, are you saying like before you get the score, like after you get the score? Okay, or? yeah, well, that's yeah, that's true. So, is the first thing you're looking for the score? 
a little bit i would just say looking at the tv or like looking at like the people around you or like looking at the camera or whatever like going to like going to the person that's down there waiting to see like what's going to happen with with your score and their score like where that's going to end up like in that case it was teal so like went over to teal and like gave him a big hug and like he was stoked because he did a trick he never done before either right before i did or two runs before i did so yeah, yeah we were both just super stoked so, like, honestly maybe just going over to like the corral and like being with those the skiers that you're with during the event that's kind of like the coolest part too is at the end when everyone's kind of at the bottom together yeah is it um and that makes sense dude you want to go to the people that you're comfortable with the people that are also in the same boat yeah. as you um yeah I- that camera dude i work in tv and i like i know how important it is to get that up close shot because it's all about their reactions but that has got to be annoying isn't it having that handheld camera right in your face when you're trying to just like breathe for a moment like it's gotta be a pain in the ass yeah, no? For sure. no it's definitely definitely annoying sometimes but it's like you kind of and it depends on your mood too because if you fall and they're shoving a the camera in your face like you're not happy and it's like and I don't think a lot of people realize that it's like when people get angry at the camera, it's cu- not because they're angry at the camera there is the angry at themselves for not putting something down. They wanted to land. And that is such like a misconception in like sports. I feel in action sports, especially like when someone's angry, like you can't take it out on them. It's more like just like their mood at the time. I feel like, like, yeah. uh, last year, this is kind of a funny story last year at the Olympics, I like didn't land my slope run and was all like a little angry. And like the camera was filming me and I was like all pissed off. And I was like, just like kind of saying some stupid stuff for sure. But like, like I remember my parents talking about it after and they're like, yeah, and I was, yeah, that was stupid of me. But like, that's just the, how you feel in the moment. It's like nothing you can stop to do that. Like, and I've been like, and I think a lot of people just like keep to themselves after like, that's like the best thing you can do is just like chill and like say what up to the camera and just like pretend it's nothing, you know? Yeah. But it kind of like get the energy off it too, though, when you, when you get stoked, like, when you're all stoked and you land a run and the camera's like pointing at you, like you want to like do stuff to it or like look at the camera or like make some signs at it or something like that. I don't know. Like Henrik is always like barking at it. That's like his thing, which is sick. Like he's known for that. Yeah. Which is well, really that, cool. Dude, it's just, it's difficult because in the middle of a, a competition, you know, it's two things going on. You're putting on a show and you're also putting on like a competition at the same time. So like there's all the fanfare and obviously the camera's trying to document it, but it's like, Dude, when something goes wrong, it's like, Jesus, give the guy some privacy for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But that's their job. They have to do that. They have to just like stick the camera in your face. But that's like part of the sport too. Yeah. So did you think, I mean, Perfect 50 is crazy. Did you think the judges were going to give it to you after you landed it? Or were you like, I don't know, is it 50, you know, perfects? Perfect, perfect. Like, that's hard to get. I didn't realize I had to get a 50 until after I had landed, like, right before I got my score. Because I was, like, looking at the TV, like, and didn't know, like, what teal score was. But I, like, was like, oh, I'm going to get, like, a big score. And then right before I got the 50, I was like, oh, I need a 50. And then a 50 came up. And it was, like, <laughs> almost, like, thought it in existence. It was crazy. Yeah, dude. And, what is, and what's that feeling like? Just ultra hype, like... Well, you sold somebody after you too, which was like a little, but I don't think he could have gotten it even with a perfect 50. Yeah. Yeah. You, I don't think any, I don't think anyone could have knocked me out after that. I think I was just up there. Cause I was talking to Burke after two a bit. Like he was like, Oh, like what was your other score? Cause he didn't understand that, the, that 
I needed the 50 to win. I don't know. something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just, I didn't know if I was going to get the 50 or not. And honestly, I didn't really care. I wanted to just like land that ski away. Yeah. But like it was like a chair that I got that, but I just wanted to ski that, like land that trick and be like stoked on that. Yeah. Dude. It was so badass. And then uh, I got to ask you about this because it was too fun. Too, it was too funny, dude. It was the lowest hanging joke ever. And I think you already know what I'm going to say. You go over, you, say, yeah. you already know what I'm going to say. So you, yeah. land, you land the 21 and the clever announcer is going, Oh, I know, I know a cultural reference that has 21 in it. So he goes up to you and he says, 21, can you do something for me? Mac, did you think 21 could do something for you? And uh, <laughs> I mean, just come on. Dude. I don't know what I said. I don't know what I replied with, but I, I didn't want to say anything stupid. I remember. So I think it was just like kind of scrubbed it off. But yeah, that was pretty funny. It was like, and I, they were all playing that song too. And I was like, oh. I don't even like that song really that much. So a little cringy for sure. For me at least. Oh but, dude. But these like the announcer, his name is DC. He's a homie. He's like the he's like the dopest dude and he's a super nice guy. But I think they, they like X Games is kind of about that too. Like yeah. pop it's, culture references. It's kinda like it makes everyone cringe, but it's like almost kind of funny, but it's also just like, come on. Yeah, it, yeah. It's very mixed feelings about a comment like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's definitely mixed. I have mixed feelings about it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, no, so it was pretty funny. funny though. I didn't know what I said after it was something like scrubbing it off. Kind of <laughs> It does, honestly, anything you, there's nothing that you could have said after that would, that would have been more stupid than what he said. So he like set you up perfect. Like you sound, you sound awesome no matter what. A lot of people have like come up to me about that too. They said that, they're like, what did the announcer say? Like, was this something about 21 or something? 21, can was, you do something for funny. me? Did you think that it could do something yeah. for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny. That's pretty funny. So, it is funny. Uh, so they, so afterwards, so here's a little peek behind the curtain for everybody. Usually they like like they'll have like the athletes stay on the course to do some like quick interviews with whatever media is there. But you got pulled away to the booth, right? Like right away. So did you get brought on TV right after that contest? Um. Well, I got brought on brought into the room like that. Like it was like a media booth, and it was just like a bunch of interviews and stuff. And then there was like some Instagram thing. I forgot what it was for. So um, they, did, but they I didn't have you go on the air with uh, like a- with Tom. No, I wasn't on air. No, I wasn't with Tom at all. I was just like in a different booth. It was like some interviews. That was the same room that I interviewed with you in. I'm pretty sure. When yeah. Okay. So they yeah. So they just brought you to the media tent afterwards. Because usually, like somebody from the production company, if they need you, like to go talk to Tom or like do like an on headset thing, they'll steal you. So I I saw them steal you, but I guess they just brought you straight to the media tent because everyone wanted to talk yeah, to that you. That would have been cool though. Going to the booth. I saw the booth all week and I was like, that thing looks kind of nice to just chilling up there. It was like on top of that like little building. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I didn't get to do that, unfortunately. Dude, and I walked out behind you and uh you were getting absolutely mobbed by kids, signing scards, taking selfies. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool. I love that part of it, of, of it all. Like seeing all the stoked kids is, is sick, especially like ones that are stoked on skiing. So yeah. it's like to like see younger kids like get stoked on all that stuff. Cause that's kind of like what I was back in when I was their age. Like I was, I, I would love to be there watching like all these six skiers, you know? 
So it's it's cool to like think about that a bit. Yeah. Um dude, fuck. This is all bringing me back to X Games. X Games is like the most hilarious ski event ever. It's just that it's I mean, you've seen all the ski events. That has to have the most fanfare, right? Like there are people everywhere. It is ridiculous. 100%. I I wish there was more events like X Games because it really makes you feel like like you're just like part of something huge, which you are for sure. But like they do such a good job of treating the athletes super well. And like, it's so cool to see that in our sport. Cause I feel like there are a lot of contests where it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> where it's yeah. like, you're just going there, you compete and you leave. Like, you know, you go there, you train or whatever, and then you leave. Yeah. The next game, you're like, you want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something... more stops. Like they should do more X game stops. Back, like, like they used to do back in the day, they did like X games, France, and then they had Aspen as well. So it'd be cool to have more stops in the future. Dude, that would be cool. They got new owners. Like any yeah. honestly, anything's possible right now. If X Games was listening right now, we want more stops. <laughs> <laughs> so this was uh, this is what I was wondering after that competition. I think I actually had this thought about you in particular, just because it was such I'm telling anybody that hasn't seen the broadcast for that or wasn't in person, it was the most storybook, like crazy event ever. It was awesome. And same thing with the women's side too. The women's event was really good. But that night yeah, after after the contest, first of all, what did you do? Because you know, because I'm just imagining like what is Mac thinking when he's going to bed tonight? But if you went out and partied and like got wasted, you're probably not thinking much, obviously. But uh, like yeah, so what what what's the night look like after you you pull off a, a performance like that? Yeah, so I got back super late, like back to my house, like. For like late for like skiing terms like i got back at like 9 15 or 9 30 and i got a call from my parents and we were all going to dinner with um my rebel uh manager we we're all going to this dinner so we went to dinner together and like you know zeb powell yeah so i i met zeb when i was super young and at school we went to school together so we went with his family and my family and like a bunch of people and then i brought colby with, with me as well so we were like at this super nice like this like Asian fusion restaurant that was sick. And like the guy there, he knew like Eileen goo and like knew all about X games and was super funny and was like, knew that I had won and was like giving us free drinks all night. And like a bunch of like super good food. It was insane. Yeah. Then we went out that night and it was a fun night, but we had the quickest turnaround ever the next morning. We had all had to wake up like kind of early ish. And we were all like, oh. that was my first time being an Aspen when I was 21 years old. So like I had to go have an, a fun a fun night. So the next morning we were all super hungover and got in the car and drove to Mammoth, which is fourteen hours. Oh my so there was, god! There was like four or four of us in the car, so we all drove to Mammoth fourteen hours for a contest. We missed the first day of training for because because we were at X Games. So we like drove right there, had one day of training, and then competed in Mammoth. So it was like a pretty hectic turnaround for sure. Yeah, and that was like kind of the year. It was just like hectic turnarounds like everyone just like you, you finish this contest and then you go on to the next one and it's like you just like move to places all year which was it was pretty cool yeah yeah dude so so going to bed that night what were you thinking were you like oh hell yeah that was awesome or you're like ah shit i gotta wake up so early tomorrow and go to Mammoth. <laughs> like what's what's like your kind of like wrap up thoughts for the day I wasn't really thinking too much. I was just kind of going, just passing out and like, damn, I have to drive 14 hours tomorrow. But it was sick. Like we, I guess like I did think about it a bit, like before I went out to that dinner, like I remember I was like getting ready to leave my house. And it was like, that was just like, just like kind of collecting my thoughts. Like that was crazy. Like 
that's like a been a dream of mine since I was like 12 years old or 10 years old or whatever. Since I started watching the X Games, like I've always wanted to get a gold medal. So that was like kind of what I was thinking about for a while. And it's just like more nostalgic thing. Like you just like watch that happen when you're so young and you're just not meant to you all of a sudden. Yeah, dude. And then it's so funny. Then you go to Mammoth for an event that I don't, no offense, but I don't know if anyone's watching that after X Games. And then it was like super windy and got delayed, no? Yeah, it got delayed a bit, but we they ended up doing it, uh, which was sick. But they like that whole morning, it was like we got up super early to compete. And usually they do finals like in the afternoon-ish. So it's like not as firm or like a little softer if it gets warmer. And uh, they ended up doing it super early because the weather's coming in the afternoon. So we were like up there so early and it was so windy, like all training. And then the last like two training runs, the wind just stopped. And like none of us had done anything because it had been so windy. Then they're like, all right, yeah, the comp's on because the wind stopped moving. So we just had like two training runs pretty much and then got into it. Um, and it was actually sick. The weather turned out pretty good. I ended up fourth, which was sick. It was my, my, probably my best World Cup finish of this season, this past season. Um, and I, I thought I skied super well. I liked the course a lot too. They killed it building that course. It was super different than usual, which was cool. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Mammoth, was it was sick for sure. Yeah. Crazy when turnaround though. It wasn't that windy, which is not usually like mammoth. Yeah. When it's um when it's bad weather, and I I might have asked you this last time, and I might have asked somebody else on the team, but it's like, do you guys ever look at each other and you're like, yo, this is like almost too sketchy for us to do today? Like the visibility's too bad, it's too windy, it's too icy. Like should we even do this? Like, do you guys ever have that conversation with each other? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like it is like that happens. That happened all season long. Every World Cup we went to had bad weather. It was not one that was like good weather this year, which was except for Silver Plan at the end of the year. And even that was like, like a little icy and like cold. I remember the day we we had finals, but in locks this year specifically, I remember we were like we got up there for training and it was dumping snow the whole time. And none of like we had speed for the jumps, but like every other run, it would just slow down and you would you knuckle everything. So like we barely had any training and like I didn't I skied the course a lot but like didn't do anything really because it was just so slow. Like we got to the top and they like started getting everything ready. They started like starting the contest and I was like we didn't even talk to like any of the starters. Like none of us, none of them listened to us. Like it's pretty dangerous out there right now and it's really slow. And luckily like we ended up getting it all through and like I half I did like half assed run which like I wasn't very stoked on and like. I just like was knuckling stuff. So it was like a little annoying for sure. But that happened. That's part of the sport. The weather, weather is such part of skiing. Like if you're just like going out to ski on a normal day, like you have to deal with it anyway. So you kind of just learn, learn about it, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just a variable conditions are just part of it. It can't be, you're not in a stadium, you know, you can't, it can't be perfect every single time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one day we'll be in stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> Does that ever like get yeah, like an indoor one. Yeah, it's gonna be all being like uh, in the UAE, like in Dubai at some point. <laughs> yeah. Does that ever get you guys like sour on competing? Because you know now, especially you get you're filming street, filming backcountry, and then you have to like fly across the world to do a competition where it's dangerous. Are you ever like in the back of your mind, like, damn, I'd much rather be doing something else other than this right now? Yeah, no, for sure. Like I. I think that's like kind of where a lot of it stems from. People not liking contests is bad weather because like you can't do anything about it. You're kind of just waiting it out. And it's more like the contest organizers like choosing to do a contest in bad weather. 
like most of the time they take they take advice from the athletes though which is sick but there's definitely some cases where like they don't ask and you would just do the contest yeah um dude just so fun it just it, to be with your guys crew traveling around the world it's it, it just seems hilarious like i honestly think if somebody wants to steal this idea they can a reality show of all this shit would be hilarious like osap and, and a hall and hunter they're doing all the magma videos but something of just the u.s ski team following you you guys around the world would be too funny dude it would be too funny <laughs> It'd be funny, but I feel like they love like all those Netflix shows. They love drama, and it, our show would not be. It'd be entertaining because it'd be funny, but it would not be dr- dramatic whatsoever. Yeah, it's just no super one's, chill. Like, dramatic about it. It's just pretty chill. Yeah. Although maybe like this year we had some like at the World Cups this year we had some like judge to like athlete meetings like with like the five six judges or whatever, and then all the athletes in the World Cup just like no coaches, just us like talking about the sport and talking about what gets judged better and, and whatever. And that would be pretty funny to to film, I think, because there are some pretty funny takes in there yeah. when we were having the first meeting. Is there any uh, standout stuff that you can talk about from that meeting? Uh, just We were just kind of talking about, like, what should do well. And, like, obviously the no-pull subject came up, so that would be, like, a pretty funny topic to, to film because there's always everyone has opinions about that. But also, like, how, like, grab should be held longer or like how they score like the pretzel stuff compared to like a lot of spins or whatnot and like just a lot of topics honestly which i think was really good for the sport and i think they're going to imply all the stuff we talked about in the past year into the uh, world cup season this year which will hopefully help it a bit dude i'm glad you brought that up about the pretzels because it's you like at a point you think oh all they're going to do is just keep spinning and then all of a sudden, you guys like start spinning the opposite direction, uh, yeah. the opposite direction of your set. So it's like, what do you think about all the pretzels? Because this is like the past two years is the first time I've ever seen it in my entire life that you guys are. Uh, and like a hall, obviously he had it at the Olympics, which was which was sick. He, it wasn't really pretzels, more like stopping the rotation, mid rotation. But uh, that's kind of like I think like a hall is almost like one of the best people that a hall and Cody are like the best two people that like are good at bringing the tricks back like doing the pretzels like they both do a right dub 10 and like they're coming in forward and they just shift their legs to the other way and then switch which yeah. is like crazy to see. but like where did you see like peel for example does like a dub 10 set and then falls out and like at the when he does like a switch five out he stays at three instead of going switch five so like there's so many different ways to do it and like the judges actually explain like teal's version or like the way that teal does it or the way that like i do it or a couple of people do it it's like it's called like a lock so that's like their term on it now yeah which i think is kind of cool i think a lock sounds kind of sick yeah. uh but um there's just so many different ways to do it and i think it's sick and i think if you do it right it, it should it should score super well because it's hard it's not easy like compared to doing a, a big spin and like you can see the majority of people in contests do like more spins than than bring backs because bring, bring backs are harder they're in the end of the day they're harder less people less people do it yeah dude that's why Angel, like gets scored so well because like he's like one of the only people doing the way he does it like he does it so differently and so cool yeah dude because the narrative the narrative really becomes oh like well it has been this way like the narrative has been this way for years oh they're just going to keep on spinning and then all of a sudden it's going to be aerials 
And I, I'd like to, I'd love to get your thoughts on that take, but it's like, we're already seeing that that's, that's not true. Like you guys are innovating in different ways that people didn't expect. So what's your thoughts on when people say, Oh, it's just aerials at this point. Like, what are you thinking? Not, it's so different from aerial. Like you're grabbing your skis or not doing straight over flips. Like everyone's doing like a weird off access, like spin or whatever. Like you could like pretty much do an upright trick and you, you can't even call it, you can't call it aerials. Cause he's like not even flipping at all. Um, yeah. But like, it's just cool to see that we're not just pushing it in spins and I'll, it is getting like that. in some, in some cases, like if you have a huge jump, like obviously you're going to see people spinning a lot, but that's kind of part of the sport as well. Like you can progress it forwards, progress it in a different way. And like me and Cody talk about it today, like how, how much further, like can the sport get, whether it's like with spinning and flipping. And he was like, Oh, like we said that years ago. And I, I'm still blown away every year, but the, the stuff people are doing. And I think a big part of that is going to be like pushing pretzels and stuff in the future. Like there's so much you can unlock with that sort of it, but it just takes like a certain person to figure it out. I'm still like not quite there. I'm getting there with the pretzel stuff. I'm trying to learn it, but it's tough for sure. It's really hard. Yeah. You almost think that there's like a, an actual physical limitation to how much you could spin. Like, I don't know before you like pass out or like before you just like, it just seems like there's an upper limit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, there for sure is. And I don't know where I saw this, but I thought, I don't know where it was. Or maybe like I had a conversation with someone like, what's the most amount of flips out? I think it was like five or six or something like, you like just black out. Yeah. And I don't know, man. We'll see. But it's, uh, it's cool to think about just like the, the future of the sport. Do you think, do you see like the beginnings of any other trend? Like obviously we're seeing the pretzel trend right now, but is there something else that, that people are cooking up that you think is going to catch on? Uh, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know, honestly, but I think like not, nowadays you see people like doing big tricks, but like grabbing them for way longer, like with like a hard grab, not just like safety, like someone does like a harder trick with like a, with like blunt and they're like capping and like cross the whole way through it. And like, they're grabbing it forever, which is like, I think I see the sport going in that way too. Just like grabs. Yeah. Grabs are cool. Dude. It's <clears throat> honestly, people hate on competitions and then sometimes I end up sleeping on them, but then you guys really, I just, you guys are great. You guys, I, I like where it's at right now. It's such the, like, especially since they just released the team for next year it's in such a good spot right now. Like, I, do you feel that way? Like, it seems like everything's in a really good spot right now. I agree. I think it's like the beginning of something big too with our sport, especially like with the different kind of contests like Jib League is doing this year. Like that was so cool and it was so different. And like watching all the recaps was cool. And like, I think it got a lot of people like kind of stoked on, like it's like a contest, but like not a contest. Like everyone's just like stoked on it. And like, they're all skiing so well and everyone's killing it. So. I think in the future, like, I think the contest will start to get more and more viewed. Hopefully, I think it's more like the organization of like where to watch it and stuff, and like how to watch it or when to watch it. Like that needs to get a little bit easier because that's yeah. like the hardest part about it. But dude, it is it is getting easier. Obviously, you can never change time zones. Like something happening in Eastern Europe is always going to be difficult to watch. But yeah. I complained about this when I first started this podcast, and that was two years ago. I was like, I don't know where to watch it. Now I know where to watch it. It's like NBC's got it, ESPN's got it, and Outside has got it. Like I saw most competitions this year, which is something I could never say before. Like 
I think <laughs> I don't know who's spearheading that or who's behind the scenes making that happen, but uh, dude, it's like actually easy to watch it and to give a shit about it now because before you didn't know where to find it. I think too a big part of it is like having a unique course. Like if you have a course that's basic with just like three rails and like two jumps or three rails, three jumps, like straightforward. It's like, it gets kind of boring to watch a bunch of runs in a row. But if you have a course with like a bunch of different options and like hits everywhere and stuff, like it gets so much more fun to watch because there's so much creativity. I think that's why like people love watching, like, I don't know if this is really true, but I don't know. Like, I think people like to watch, a lot of people in our sport like to watch the Olympics because the courses are so crazy. Like there's so many different features in, in those courses and with X Games as well. It's like, they're so different. That just like gains a lot of attention, I think. Yeah. The, the, well, obviously the Olympics is like the best, like in terms of like the decorative courses, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's so the cool. best every, every <laughs> time. But uh, is there any features that you haven't seen yet that, you know, maybe you see like an invitational or something. You're like, damn, I like they should incorporate this into a competition because this this feature is sick. Like, is there anything you'd like to see in a competition? Um. I don't really know anything like specifically, but I do really enjoy like shark fins, like the quarter pipe to like jump landing. Yeah. They, they're always like different like tricks into a contest. Like Colby's always doing something crazy on the shark fins. Cause he's so good at that stuff. And a lot of like the pipe guys, like that ski both like are really good at the shark fins. Cause they're, they're used to taking off on like half pipe wall. Um, but I just like seeing like cooler rail options, like bigger rails. Like I, I like contests with big rails that are like have a high consequence. I think that's really cool because it kind of calms down the tricks a bit on them because the rails are so gnarly. And if you fuck up, like you're really going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And if you do something crazy, if you do something that's like super hard on them, you get rewarded for it because it's so gnarly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. I want to cool I- add like some death traps and stuff, you know, like take yeah. out like, the bellies in the middle. Yeah, no jump, man. Don't take off, like. Dude, I just crazy, don't. But not- I I don't know if your coaches. I don't know if they have a say in this, but it doesn't seem like the coaches of the teams would allow that. Like, okay, if your athlete doesn't land this perfect, he's fucked. Like, he's falling like twenty yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um, could you uh, switching gears a little bit? Can you tell us a little bit about Kimbo? Because it seems like everyone this year was especially hype about Kimbo sessions, and like. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, first was, of all, was it your first one? First year, yeah. First year oh. doing it. So I was stoked. I've always wanted to do that contest. It looks, or not contest, just event. It looks so fun. Like every year I've seen it, it's like, oh, I want to go do this. Um, but this year, I actually like tried to get in at first and it was full. Like, because so many people want to go to that event, it's really hard to get into. And like, so many good skiers deservingly like, get to go. Um, and then I was like, kind of just waiting to hear back and I was, in sweden for uh jesper's event and i booked my flight to go home because i was like oh i'm just gonna probably end up going home and i booked my flight and then later that night i got on a text from kim on instagram was like yo like i got you a spot you're in like you're coming and i was like no way canceled my flight and then found a ride got in the car with like all the boys and we drove to to Kleppen from there it was like uh six hours or five or six hours uh and we actually alex hackle um they had a van out there the bunch so alex hackle had a van in ore so we all piled into this tiny van and just drove six hours to Kleppen, and it was like such a little fun drive and like everyone was like all crammed together it was pretty funny 
but yeah, we got there and it was like the first thing we did was pull up into the mountain and just like look at it from the bottom and like being there for the first time. You're like, this is just so cool. And it's like every single day was we skied from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. And it was like perfect weather. Like it could not get better than that. And it was like a little like it was really hot and sunny, but like a little breezy. So it wasn't too hot and the snow stayed really good and like didn't get too sloppy. And like Kim and those guys building the park did an outstanding job building that those features. Like they were so sick. It was probably one of the one of the best parks I've ever skied in my life. Like yeah. so, so good. Dude, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So fun. What's the uh, what's the lodging like that? I just uh, I don't I don't think this is true, but I'd love to think that it's like barracks where everyone's sleeping in one room. But I just know that's not possible. But like so, like you guys have roommates and stuff. Like what's what's the nighttime vibes like? Yeah, so there's four houses split up between all the people there, and each each house has like it has like twelve beds in each house. There's like a bunch of rooms, and all there's like one room with like two bunk beds in it one room had like a king bed or like two small ones or whatever so we had 12 people in our house and everyone in there was like a homie so it was sick we had a really fun house actually um and yeah you kind of just like travel around to the houses too like we're all in like a little cul-de-sac and no one else is living in the town at the time because the, the resort's closed so it's like just us in that town pretty much except for like the main main locals that live there and it was so so cool like it was just like i have a private resort for like a week straight and it was just like the, one of the best events I've ever done. Probably. I definitely want to go back next year. It was yeah. sick. And like, I've got to meet a bunch of people too. Um, a bunch of people that I've never met before. All the like, like local Swedish guys, like around there, they're all so good at skiing. And I, I hadn't heard of, of like, any of them. And then I met them all when I was in Sweden and they're all such homies and really good skiers. And yeah, it was sick to like meet all those guys. They're all dope. Yeah. Is there anyone that you like, is there anyone that you still meet now where you geek out a little bit and you're like, yo, you're so-and-so like, do you still tweak like that a little? Um, yeah, maybe like, a, yeah, I think a bit on like some people, but I think like so many people just like love skiing so much. So you just like bond with them about it. And then they don't even seem like they're like this crazy person anymore. They're kind of just like your like friend or like whatnot, or someone you just kind of scheme with, which is cool. And yeah. like, there's so much at Kimbo of like, like so many good talented skiers that like I've never met before. And they're all just like so easy to talk to and such homies, like everyone there is so chill. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool to like, and yeah, the whole vibe there was sick. Just like so laid out. Like you could just do whatever you wanted to for like a week straight. Yeah. Which is cool. E Cook's video, Kimbo friendship was so good, dude. That video is yeah. just a dude. Like it's, it takes a lot for me at this point to be like, I love that video, but I loved that video. That video was awesome. Did you, do you feel like it portrayed what was going on there pretty well? Oh yeah. Super well. He did such a good job, like portraying what, what went on there. It was so cool. And E cook is such a good, like homie and he lives in Salt Lake. So I, I see him all the time here. And it was like so sick to have him out there. Like and he's, and he's so good at what he does, like at the editing, the filming, everything he kills it. So it was sick to see him put that together. And like every day or a couple of days after skiing, like we'd get back from the hill and just like put his computer out, plug the camera in, and just like a bunch of us would just sit there and watch all the clips all day. Like this is crazy. Like all the tricks that go on every day. Like you miss so much of what's going on, and then you watch the film and you're like, how did anyone even do this much trick? Like miss many tricks today. It's pretty yeah. cool. Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah, he man. did a good job though with that video for sure. He yeah, 
Uh, here, I'll give everyone a look behind the curtain again. Me and Kim have been talking. We're going to do a, a full episode all about Kimbo Sessions at some point. But I just got to – we got to schedule it. So if you're interested in behind the scenes for Kimbo Sessions, we're going to get that done. And uh, be a good one. It would be a good one. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was super recent. You got – I got a couple of viewer questions, but uh, – you got anything else that stood out from the season that we didn't touch on? Just any anything that you look back on really fondly? I just touched up on like all the best parts, which was sick. Like, yeah, yeah, all the events and stuff we got to do was really cool. So yeah, it's cool to like look back on it now in the season and like recap on it a bit because I feel like I haven't really done that yet until now. Yeah, so Dude, that, was, it's... that was pretty sick. Yeah, well, I'm happy to help with that for sure because it's good to it's good to reflect a little bit. And honestly, I feel yeah, like. For uh, sure. It just it it really does it like thinking about it being like the first season out of COVID. It does seem like there's this general optimism right now, where it's like, okay, like if this is the first year back, like holy shit, things are gonna be crazy going forward. Yeah, and I think skiing is in such a good spot right now too, with everything going on and all like the little like even like the little companies that people are making lately. I've been seeing the little clothing companies and stuff. Like everyone's so stoked on it. It is just is so cool to see, especially like being in, in Utah. Yeah. Like, people love skiing here. Yeah, dude. Um, all right. I got some viewer questions for you. Let's see. Uh, yeah. This was the first one in and uh, I just loved it. And I told him I loved it. Raf Diaz asked you, he says, what's the dumbest trick in skiing? <laughs> the dumbest trick? <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> That's a hard question. I might have to think a sec. Um, this is my my opinion, but I don't really like when people like land on one leg, holding their other foot in the air. Like it just seems dangerous, kind of. <laughs> it just seems like I'm gonna my knees are gonna go or something. Like I would never do it personally, just because it's like kind of dangerous on my on my knees and my legs. I gotta save that part. No, that's a Maybe good that. That's that's a dumb trick. Dude. <laughs> Like it's, yeah. it's super yeah. unique, super unique. You can't count it out, but that is like a yeah. great no. example of a trick. People that's doing it, people doing it in like hard stuff, like Speldo did it in a dub 14. Like that was gnarly. Like I would never do that. Yeah. But that's but, yeah, maybe that, maybe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that is so funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, we could do it. We'll do another random one before we get back. Uh, Ryan Voyan asked, "If you could gain a sixth sense, what would it be?" Oh, oh, I don't even know. Maybe like the ability to like change. I don't know. If this is a sense, like, like a superpower. It sounds like. like a sixth sense is like maybe like, maybe like air awareness. Like maybe I I feel like a lot of skiers have that though but like maybe like better air awareness yeah like just be like oh i can like do it like you can have all like the manipulation of a trick in the air already while you're doing it like yeah, you can yeah. do whatever you want kind of or like instead of like you're, you're fighting for it you can just like oh i can do more you know yeah yeah that'd be kind of i like the that. skiing related probably yeah yeah that's an interesting one i don't know what a good sixth sense uh dude i don't know that's a good question I have ones that. <laughs> That's a hard question. It is. Like, what even qualifies as a sense? Like what? Like I don't know. Versus like a ability or like a power. Yeah. 
Maybe like you you know for sure if a girl's flirting with you and not just being friendly. Like that would be a good sixth sense. <laughs> That'd be a good sense. Yeah, I would like that one as well. <laughs> That's that would be a really good one because then you don't have to guess. You don't have to look back and yeah. feel like an idiot. You just know. Uh, <laughs> that was a funny one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tucker, he says, favorite culture you've experienced around the world. Um, probably the Japanese culture, just like, not even like, I didn't experience like the, I guess I kind of did. I went to like a temple. So I got to experience like what those, what those are all about. Like what people do there. They like make these, like, you can like make these wishes and like throw them into this like well thing. I don't know. I didn't look at it too much, but like, that's pretty cool to be around, but also like just the people there, like they're just so friendly and like so nice to you. And they love, like, they just love meeting American people. I feel like, which is sick. Yeah. It was cool to be around. For sure. Dude, just Asian culture in general is so different from Western culture that it's just like, it's hard not to be like enamored by it. Like they're so spiritual and like, there's, I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. They're so humble people, such humble people too. Like it's crazy. Yeah. They're so, they're so cool. So interesting. Um, all right. Rolf asks, who's your favorite person to ski with? Favorite person to ski with. I really like skiing with Dickie Thomas. I mean, but I've been skiing with Dickie since I was like 13 years old, probably. So it's like we're, we've been doing it for a while. Also, Cody as well is like really fun to ski with, but like just like the close homies. But yeah, I think Dickie's up there. When I'm like skiing PC, like not with Dickie, I'm like, damn, I wish Dickie was here. I want to go skiing with Dickie. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because you guys were you were skiing with him at Mount Snow, no? Yeah, we were we were at Cranthia together, which was sick. And he it was his first time there, so I got to show him around a bit. That's cool. Yeah. Shout out to the Dijons. They they hold it down at Corinthia. They're one of the last for real. Yeah. Yeah. I always see one I'm Um All right, here's a stupid one. I almost don't want to ask you, but I never get people making jokes about your last name, even though I, we could talk about that growing up. But Ankilla asks, when you get angry, do you become Mac backhand? And I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> uh, I guess you could say that. I don't really know, but I've gotten so many, like to touch up on that, I've gotten so many nicknames from that last name. Yeah. Like, and also people like, oh, do you play Tesla? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny stuff. What but, is like, uh, what's the origin of that last name? Like where, what country does that originate from? I think it's British. Okay. Pretty sure it's British. But I'm, yeah, it's my dad's side, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, that that would be such a badass tennis name, dude. Like, if you were really good at tennis, that would be awesome. Dude, I I played tennis, too, when I was younger, and then I stopped because I hated it. But I should have stepped with it. It would have been funny. Yeah, it would (laughs) have been funny. Um, Let's see. We got a couple more. These ones are kind of, these ones are, we got four more, but it's like two sets of two that are similar. So, uh, I'll, I'm going to bunch these two together. Simon says, what's it like to be, what is it like to be a driving factor for innovation and in skiing? And then Lucas asks, what is it like to be so successful at a young age in competition and sponsorship wise? So if you bear with me for a second, I'm going to summarize them. Like you're only 21 and you've already done a lot. So like, first of all, how does that feel? And then like, what's next? Because next is kind of uncharted territory. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You like when you say that. Like, I don't think 
I don't think of being like a leading innovator or like person in skiing. I'm kind of just like a skier, but I guess when you put it that way, like it is pretty cool to like learn some tricks and then see people like stem off that and like learn something different from what I've learned, you know, to kind of take inspiration from that, which is, which is really cool. What was the second part of the question? Well, it, it, he says, uh, Lucas asked, what is it, what is it? I might've re- typed this wrong or he might've sent it wrong. What is it like to be so successful at a young age in competition and sponsorships? I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I think I just got like, I want to say I got lucky, but like yeah. a lot of it just comes from like putting in the effort, you know, like I was skiing so much when I was younger too. And like, it's pretty crazy to think about it now that like, maybe I still am at like a, I guess I am at like a young age, but like, there's still so much I look forward to in my career. Like I want to just like push it in so many different ways and like learn so many more tricks and film more and like kind of be on that side of things. And it's really cool that I got to like do the competition side and like be in all like the bigger contests when I was younger, because now I'm like, it's kind of opening doors for me in like different parts of skiing, which is what exactly what I want to do. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not gonna be able to compete forever. Like no way. Like maybe for like, I don't know, maybe to, competing until I'm 30 would be sick. That would be sick, but that'd be really hard, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just like kind of opening doors for me now. And I can just go skiing and go to the backcountry or go, go fill a street in a cool country somewhere. And that's like what I kind of like look forward to the most, I think, in, in skiing. Yeah, dude. That's so great. And dude, just imagine imagine being Walker Shreds, dude. Imagine being Walker. I know. That kid is something else. <laughs> that kid is so good at skiing, dude. Dude, and he's thirty. Yeah, yeah. Dude, if he skis until he's thirty, he has seven. He has seventeen more years of being at the front of skiing. He's he might end up being the most famous skier that's ever fucking existed, dude. Crazy, and he's so good for how young he is, and he's got like style, and like yeah. it's so crazy to see from that young with that much style. He looks like he's like a. He looks like he's like a miniature like twenty year old. When he's yeah. it's sick dude and he just got on red bull too no yeah he just got on we were we were actually at uh winter park when it happened when he got the helmet which was sick to be to be a part of yeah side yeah. side story did, did you have like some big surprise reveal like that when you got signed by red bull or was it like or was it more formal it wasn't really big it was more like i was in vermont i was at school with zeb at the time and zeb had just got zeb got on red bull that's that fall and I got on in the spring uh, and he like, we went to lunch with our rebel manager, this guy in the East coast. And then one of like our, our really close friends and like, we're just eating lunch one time. And like Zeb just like went to the car real quick and then came back with a helmet and like surprised me. So that was cool. That's cool. Having a friend do it. I like that. That's fun. It was like mellow. It was like super chill, which was like what I like, which was like nice, kind of just like a ni- nice mellow lunch and just got the helmet at the end of the lunch. Which was cool. Yeah. Um, all right, before I last ask the last set of questions, I'm going to give you a rebate on the hot takes. Last time you were here, I gave you opportunity for hot takes. I think you said that you like it when people use poles in big air, if I remember correctly. It was, it was just in contests. In contests. In contests. Yeah. Do you have any new hot takes yeah. that you've developed over the past year and a half? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I do. I gotta like think though. Cody would know some good ones, but he's not here right now. Oh shit! That'd oh, be that'd be so. I want to call him. Ask him. Yeah, call him. Give him a call. Yeah, me... Yo, 
Uh, I need some hot takes, some good hot takes. And uh, I'm on that same thing, dude. I can't think right now. All right, I think I got one. I'm going to use that one. All right, peace. Thanks. <laughs> All right, it was uh, K2 buying full tilt. <laughs> okay, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Why did they have- why did they have to do it? Like Full Tilt was such an iconic brand, in my opinion. Like I love Full Tilt. It's like even the logo. Now it's a K2 logo. It's like, just keep it a Full Tilt logo. It was so iconic. Like back in the day, I loved the Full Tilt logo. Like the ones that Tom used to wear with the tongues, like the big like shoelaces on them. It just had an FT on the top front. Like that was so sick. I don't know why they had to buy it out. I guess it's like a money thing probably, but. Well, they I was already bummed when they did. The thing is, they already owned it. They already owned it for years. They did already own it. Yeah, they just, I guess they just rebranded it. Not really buying it out. They just rebranded yeah. it. Wait, I just like the full tail logo. Let's just bring it back, dude. Me too. What the fuck was that all about, dude? Honestly, like, come on, dude. Like that was such an iconic brand. Like that was the you know it was just awesome. Yeah, for sure. I think that would be that'd be sick if they brought it back. But I'm yeah. running on full full tail right now, so I gotta get I gotta. Maybe get another pair of them. Yeah, dude. Well, that's the thing. If anybody has full tilt merch or boots or posters or stickers or whatever, hang on to them, dude, because that brand is gone for now at least. I have so many boots back home, like old full tilts. Yeah. I've just been holding, hanging on to some like super blue ones from like 2012. Ah, oh, dude, I remember those. There were, dude, there were some that were so ugly, bro. Like the Gatorade looking yeah. one was so ugly. Yeah, yeah, the yellow one yes. was so bright. But it was sick. Like everyone still bought it. It was so sick. The best ones, dude. Honestly, those Tom Wallace, the ti- they're supposed to look like Timberland boots, and it has the tongue yeah. with the laces. Oh, hard, dude. I like the uh, year they made the blue and black Tom Wallaces with the with the tongue as well and the laces. Yeah, those are my favorite full top boots. Yeah, dude. Or the red and white ones, but like I feel like everyone says the red and white ones. Yeah, no, no, you gotta you gotta have be a little bit more unique. Damn, dude, those are so yeah. um all right. Last two questions. Jake Dubay really was pushing for this one. He said, Are there oh God. He, he said I I didn't write down his exact phrasing, but you know how he types. He asked, Are there yeah. any are there any secret projects you're working on? Secret projects? That's yeah. funny because he texted me that. He asked me. He was like, what are you guys doing? Uh, <laughs> a little bit. There was like a little secret project that I did this year uh, in the East Coast, but it'll come out in November, I think. Okay, sick. Yeah, but it's, that's, all, that's all I can really say. Yeah. And then uh, Lego, my ego. And this is what a lot of people have asked. It's like, are you? is there ever going to be just like a Mac forehand video? And maybe that ties into the secret project. But it's like, are you ever doing a solo project? That isn't part of the secret project, but yes, I am doing a solo project in the next couple of years. I'm going to start, start up with someone. One. Hell yeah, dude. That's yeah. awesome. That's kind of what I wanted to lean towards. That's kind of my, been my biggest goal in skiing is to have a video part. And that's like what I want to do. Cause I feel like in, in skiing, it's like so tough to put like a full video part together, like a full season, like just close of you. And that's what I really want to do. And like kind of push myself towards that and, and do everything. Like not just have street, like do street backcountry park segment i want to do i want to do everything so hopefully i can make it happen but yeah i really want to do that for sure dude and i think i forget which video it was it was it was some henrik video but i think it's ill 
when you guys like the well-rounded skiers comp backcountry street are including like the the footage from competitions because it's like i don't know dude it's just so sick when it's just like cameras flashing blah 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 blah, and then you're also killing it somewhere else so dude if you could incorporate that shit it's just it's timeless dude like henrik i think it's it's one of the bne videos but he actually included it was it was a video of him like completely eating shit and like getting ragdolled I don't know if you know the video I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. The one but triple, I'm pretty sure, from X Games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's sick too. I know in, like Oystein dropped a season or like a season edit from like years ago. And in it, he has like some X Games clips and like they're so sick. Like it's so cool watching his runs and like his training runs because you don't really get to see that. Like a lot yeah. of the viewers aren't really going to see that. You yeah. to watch like the contest run. Yeah, so if anybody, dude, if anybody gets the chance to go to X Games, they should do it. X Games is so damn great, and uh, and yeah. honestly, and it was just, it was awesome, dude. And it, honestly, talking to you makes me excited to go back because uh, I got to see you a few times, and it was just an awesome seeing you see see you one moment, and then the next moment you're winning. It's just like, come on, dude, that's him right there. That's the man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Actually, I've been looking forward to it since everything happened last last time so yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be fun i love that Dude. place so that's all i got for you i appreciate you coming on you got anything you want to leave us off with anything you want to plug and anything any closing thoughts you want to leave people with shout out to skiing you know yeah because without skiing we would know what's here right now and it's sick that we get to just talk about it so yeah it's really cool that we can just sit down and dis- discuss skiing and what, what people are up to so yeah thank you again for having me Absolutely, man. That was uh, that was awesome.